Thanks for being with us. A little later on this hour, around 1.30, we are expecting the update from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. We will bring that to you live as it happens this afternoon. But first, we're going to check in with an ER doctor in BC who put a video on YouTube on March 28th, just two days ago. It already has more than 15 thousand views and it comes with a very sobering message currently i'm only able to swab patients who are either um, ill enough to come into hospital healthcare workers or uh, clusters that are being actively investigated under the guideline of the uh, of the mho so what that means is if i see you in my department and you are clinically stable um, your lungs are functioning normally I'm going to be sending you home and um, directing you to, to self-quarantine for 14 days. And that scares me because, I mean, 10 years of, of clinical practice have taught me that, um, unfortunately, patients aren't consistent in following uh, direction. All right, that is just part of the message from Dr. Sean Wormsbecker. And Dr. Wormsbecker joins me on the line now. Thank you so much for taking some time with us. Hi, my pleasure. Uh, did you expect that that video would get such reaction? Um, you know, I didn't. Um, I, for the most part, it was initially meant to essentially help to educate a lot of my friends who had a lot of questions, family. Um, I was repeatedly getting the question, do I need to come into emergency? Will this change my management? Am I going to get tested? And, you know, I, I want to be clear. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm an emergency doctor. So, I, you know, I can't speak to uh, as to whether or not um, you know, our current testing protocols are going to um, help or harm compared to countries that are testing more. But um, what I can tell you is that uh, the, the, the total number of confirmed cases is, is not going to be representative of what's actually in the community. Um, and I, I just really want to emphasize to people that what they have to take to heart and take home is that if you either do the self-assessment and it tells you that you need to self-isolate, or if you come into an emergency department and you're told you're, you need to self-isolate, it is very likely that you may have this disease, and your uh, efforts to isolate literally will save lives. Um, one indiscretion, one stepping into a store and touching a door handle means that you could potentially give this to someone else who, who may be vulnerable and could very well lose their life from it. So when you see people and you uh, put this, uh, this was in part of the video as well. So when you're dealing with patients and you see people, the ones, so you test the ones that have symptoms or you test the ones that are most likely, because you've also talked about how you have sent people home who you believe have COVID-19. Yeah, so currently um, I, uh, we only test those who are either ill enough to warrant admission to hospital, uh, healthcare providers with symptoms, or uh, patients that are being uh, actively investigated as part of cluster outbreaks. So if you're healthy and your vital signs are stable, even if you have symptoms that are in keeping with COVID-19, we're not currently testing you. So do you think it would change, though, if, if everybody was being tested, the people that still weren't sick enough to be in hospital would still be sent home and told to quarantine? Would you not still have the same concerns? Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, if, if we swab you and you, get, you come back as positive and you're in the community, you can expect to get a call from a public health nurse. There's going to be follow-up, and, and I, I think this helps to reinforce for these patients 
um, the importance of their quarantine. Um, if we had gotten out ahead of this thing and were testing um, every patient uh, that, that contracted it and had adequate contact tracing, I think there could have been a lot more preventative measures um, to control cluster outbreaks as they, as they ensued. As it stands now, my understanding is this is just far too widespread in the community and um, it's no longer possible to, to catch up in that respect. Um, but but I, I think p- part of what often just gets missed, and, and maybe this can just be bridged with, with public education, is that not testing does not mean not concerned. Um, and, and so, you know, repeatedly I'll talk to a patient and say, I think you have this. And they'll say, well, why aren't you testing me? And I'll explain. And, you know, I mean, when I'm having this conversation with someone who's calm and, and, and sort of a little bit detached, they can understand this. But when you're in an emergency department I'm standing two meters away, suited up and telling you that you're not getting tested and you're going home. There's so much emotion that people, I think, sometimes, you know, don't understand that. They either feel that they're not being taken seriously or that they're even if I say that I think they have it, that they still don't think it's as serious as when I've confirmed it uh, with a swab. And what is the reason for that? Because we've been hearing all along that BC has been ahead when it comes to testing. Uh, When we first uh, heard about the first death in Washington state, the numbers even back then, BC was testing more than all of the United States. Uh, So what is the reason now for when you're confronted with somebody who you're pretty sure has it that you don't To be honest with you, I mean, uh, I'm getting mixed messages, so I... To, to, to explain exactly why they feel that we're, we don't need to be doing more testing. Um, okay, sorry, your phone, message, just, your phone just cut out there right after you said you were oh, getting sorry. mixed messages. No, that's okay. So, so you're getting mixed messages, how? Um, uh, so it's not that I'm getting mixed messages. It's, it's basically that we're, not, we're, we're being told that, that it's not necessary to test people that we're sending home. And the, the mm-hmm. feeling is that, that it's not going to change management. Um, I think that's that's fine in a perfect world. Um, I think that culturally, um, unfortunately, uh, our, our population isn't as good at um, at following self quarantine. Uh, many of my colleagues have had the experience of calling someone to let them know that their test is actually negative, only to notice background sounds that clearly indicate that that person wasn't following quarantine without that information. Hmm. Uh, so what, and do you think too, because when we heard that uh, the news was, we saw that first bit of good news in that it seemed the measures that are in place now are working. My first response was, oh no, people are just going to see that headline and think things are great and go back to what they were doing. Are, are we losing or, or not hammering home that message enough that just because we see things perhaps start to go the right direction, that doesn't mean to stop doing the measures that are in place? Uh, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, the way that this, this, this thing works, what people need to understand is until we have some kind of broad-based immunity, if indeed that can happen, um, even if we sort of get over the hump of one um, spike, if we go right back to doing what we're not supposed to be doing, we'll just create a new spike and be crawling up a new curve. And so, you know, until we've had this consistently showing improving numbers for an extended period of time, we can't relax our measures. And, uh, and only time will tell. And I'm not the one to really answer the question even how long we should hold that line for. But it's a lot longer than, than another week. I can say that with certainty.
Absolutely. So as of Saturday, there were 884 confirmed cases in B.C. What would your best guesstimate be, seeing as you're somebody on the front lines dealing with this, what what the actual number might be? Honestly, I I really couldn't make a, a, a... a, a guess at that number. I mean, what you'd have to do is essentially sort of look at, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't make a guess. At that number. Sure. What I can tell you is, um, you know, per shift I'm seeing on average, I would say one to three cases that are consistent with, with the symptoms of COVID, but well enough to go home without a test. Um, now that's just one emergency physician at, at two sites and there's going to be variation, uh, depending on the population of different hospitals. But I mean, you know, you can still work the numbers out that, that, you know, at any, uh, on any given day at my site alone, you've got many emergency doctors working and then you multiply that by all the sites in the province. There are, there are a lot more cases than what we're detecting. Right. Uh, you work at two sites. Uh, are there any concerns? I mean, you're, you're in, in direct contact with people every single day. Is there any concerns uh, with working at two sites and cross-contamination? Um, there is some, some talk about, um, uh, about working towards um, basically sort of splitting off and, 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 and in the future scheduling at, at sort of single sites so that we don't have that issue. I know that the, the nurses are working towards something, but I'm not directly uh, connected with their, their policy. Uh, but that is, a, that is a very valid concern. All right. Uh, Dr. Wormsbecker, we'll leave it there. But thank you so much uh, for putting this uh, video out there for people and for uh, hammering that message home and for being available today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. And, and, and again, just, you know, I just want to emphasize to everyone, keep the distance wash your hands, don't touch your face. Um, you're, you're literally probably saving more lives than I am if you're doing that. All right. Thank you again so much. And, and thank you for the work you do. My pleasure.